0: Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, a weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number 96. This week, one of our friends, Beth, is back from her transatlantic European cruise on Serenade of the Seas, and we're talking all about her experience, from the many sea days to what she did on board to the port she visited. We're discussing everything about her experience on board and what she loved about her Royal Caribbean vacation. Here we go. I'm happy to welcome back Beth Weigand to the podcast. Now, of course, you may remember we had Beth back on episode 88 talking about previewing, in fact, her transatlantic listener cruise on uh, Serenade of the season. This was a really interesting cruise, and I got a lot of great feedback about it. So, first of all, Beth, welcome back to the podcast.
1: Thank you, Matt. Thanks for having me back on. I'm really well, looking forward to talking about this cruise.
0: Yeah, there was a lot of grief. that we got some emails. In fact, I have we, we read some in some earlier episodes, and I know you had a chance to listen to those as well because you're a you're a faithful listener, Beth, and that's what we like to hear. <laughs> and um, but we have actually this probably this email sums up perfectly to lead us into our discussion. It's actually from Carl from New Jersey, and Carl writes, "I hope you invite Beth back to the podcast after she comes back from her transatlantic Northern European cruise." I'll be sailing on Serenade of the Seas on a Norwegian Fjord cruise this summer, and I'd love to hear more about what she thought of the ship and any information she can share about her experiences in Copenhagen. So let's start there, Beth. How about that? Let's let's help Carl out and tell us about the, what you thought about the ship, Serenade of the Seas.
1: Well, she's looking beautiful. She really is. She's lovely for her age, and they've done some refurbishments on it, and she's just a very pretty ship. We had to spend a lot of time indoors because the weather going across the northern Atlantic is pretty rough and it was cold and rainy most of the time. And the ship was just wonderful for spending indoor time, especially since there was so many people. I mean, everybody was indoors, but it didn't feel like it. So there was lots of private spaces. There were things to do. There was always some place that you could be. There was always food. There was always some type of uh, activity going on. So the ship was, did really well. Even though it's a smaller ship, there was always free time, free space, and something to do.
0: It was a Radiance-class ship. Um, was this your first time on a Radiance-class ship, or have you been on one before?
1: I've been on the Brilliance before. I was on 11 okay. Day. So we were well prepared for what the ship was going to look like. It doesn't have that huge uh, eight. Atrium it doesn't have the boardwalk it doesn't have the promenade it's it's a smaller ship but it was actually pretty smooth going across the atlantic we were surprised i wore the patch but i never really noticed too much rocking there was right. a little and bit
0: and that's the seasickness patch you can get with a prescription from your doctor
1: right it was definitely worth having but it was not as rough as i anticipated
0: yeah, these ships are—they're built for this kind of stuff, and when they extend their stabilizers, it really helps quite a bit. So, you know, short of a you know a storm, essentially that you're in, it's usually pretty uh, smooth. But it's great to hear that even across the Atlantic that was the case. Um, you know, the other interesting thing I was thinking about—you mentioned you were on Brilliance of the Seas, but you know, I really thought that Serenade of the Seas and Rhapsody of the Seas both had, I think, among the best refurbishments during the Royal Revitalization Program that Royal Caribbean's been undergoing. They added a lot of different things to these, particularly Serenade of the Seas and Rhapsody of the Seas. What was your take on looking at Serenade? Because Brilliance got a refurbishment, but I don't think it's my perception, at least. Grant, I've been on either. <laughs> but mm-hmm. my, my observation was that the the, the the amount of stuff they did to Serenade of the Seas was a little bit more than, than Brilliance. I mean, what was your take on kind of the upgrades and the specialty restaurants and, and so forth uh, being on board for that many nights?
1: Well, it took us a bit of time to find one of the specialty restaurants. We just didn't know where it was. It was called Rita's Cantina, and you had to go all the way through the Windjammer to find it. Mm. But once we found it, it's Mexican food. We're from Texas. We went there several times because it was <laughs> nobody was ever there. Uh, people just didn't find it. So I think there's a lack of, I don't know, maybe they're just not, people just don't know where things are. Like the Zumi restaurant for the you know, the Japanese restaurant, the sushi restaurant, yep. I don't think people knew where it was because they actually had chefs or they had waiters out showing people, hey, we have this restaurant. Would you like to sign up to come do it? <laughs> but I think also on a 15 day, a lot of people didn't use the specialty restaurants as much because, you know, you go once or twice. And so Several times we were made offers. We went to Chops, for example. We, had a, we got a discount because they stopped us and said, hey, would you like to come? And your son can eat as a child as opposed to being an adult. He's 13. We're like, oh. okay. <laughs> so we <laughs> ate at Chops. We weren't planning to. But um, I think the long, long cruise, it was just much harder to get it, um, the specialty restaurants filled.
0: Yeah, I could see that.
1: What Although, about the uh, –
0: did you go to the R-Bar?
1: the R bar. I don't think so. Oh, Is okay. there a I don't even know if there was one.
0: Oh wow. Oh. My list might be inaccurate then, but
1: um No, that doesn't ring a bell. There was there was a pub, there was a schooner bar. There was Oh, I'm trying to think. I don't rem- I don't think they've named anything the R bar. So Boy, do I feel foolish? I didn't notice it.
0: <laughs> Maybe not. Yeah. Well, it's definitely there. I looked at I just looked it up. I googled it. It's definitely there. But Okay, yeah. well,
1: Is it on the 6 decks or It just I just it,
0: it has uh, it, I I assume usually it's replaced somewhere um I'm thinking of like the Voyager class. I would say it replaces like the champagne bar. But it's definitely listed as as a feature of uh It's okay. <laughs> you, you you found your place to go, and there's nothing wrong with that.
1: Absolutely, wherever there was karaoke, that's where we were at the pub.
0: Yep. So let's let's uh let's jump to real quick back to Carl's email. Uh, your experiences in Copenhagen. What can you recommend?
1: Well, when we got off the ship, we were put into a line after we went through customs to get a taxi. We didn't have to ask for it. They said taxi line. Got in line. They got us a taxi. We went to a hotel. One thing about the hotel it was gorgeous. No mistaking that. But we had forgotten we were in Europe and we got two twin beds. And so our son slept on the floor that night. But <laughs> it was okay. <laughs> uh, going from the hotel, we grabbed, uh, we went ahead and we used public transportation. We went downtown. We went to Tivoli Gardens. It was easy. You just got off the metro. We walked around. We went to the palace. We took a canal ride. We did uh, just everything is accessible in that small area. We had a blast. We went on amusement park rides at Tivoli Gardens. We, uh, there was no problems. And when you go to the metro and the different places, you can get money exchanges there. So even getting money was easy. Nice. And I would like to point out, although a lot of people recommend having the chips on your credit cards we brought the wrong credit card. It did not have a chip on it. We were still able to use it. So we didn't have problems. Oh, that's wonderful.
0: Good to hear that. Uh, let's jump back to your cruise. So let's talk about first about the the transatlantic aspect uh, going across. Is it my concern about doing any kind of transatlantic for that many nights? you get bored? What was your take on? on fighting the boredom did you feel that did you feel that you know did you have enough to do you know take us through that kind of uh your approach and and kind of what your experience was uh, going with the during the transatlantic period of your cruise
1: well we never found ourselves bored one of the things that they did do on the cruise ship is they had a lecturer they had a fellow named just phil who would come and do a lecture every day about the different ports that we were going to see so Uh that was something we looked forward to They, um, we always had a movie we could go to. They, sometimes the movie was so popular, they moved it into the main theater so more people could attend because the movie theater is kind of small. Uh, My son, although there was only 24 children on board, uh, my son spent a lot of time in the teen club, even though there was just six kids and usually only one showed up, but they kept him amused and entertained. So he never, uh, we seldom saw him on those six days. So he didn't, he never went to the swimming pool or anything. He never missed it. And um I don't know, we just kept ourselves busy. There was always something to go look at or go have a coffee or read our books or just relax. I mean, one of the nice things about uh having six solid days to see is there is time to sit down and read and oh, did we meet a lot of people. We had a lot of conversations with people. It was just fun. I mean you just everyone talked to each other. The Wi Fi just was practically non existent. So what else do you do but Meet people and talk and hang out and I don't know it was really fun. We we that's had a wonderful great. time.
0: That sounds great. I mean that's it's wonderful to hear that you can you know you guys just basically relaxed in the in, you <laughs> know, in the in the in the academic sense of the word. You really took it easy and you know did a little here, but you were able to just you know like you said read a book, meet people, and that's what's wonderful about a cruise. I love when I was on Quantum of the Seas, and I I think I think I told the story on the air before. I was I was sitting at the bar because I was waiting for my reservation for my. I was at definitely Decadence and I was waiting. I just sat at the bar because I figured, you know, I got twenty minutes to kill. I'll I'll have a drink, and sure enough, I start I strike up a conversation with somebody who's sitting at the bar, and you know, it's it's wonderful. It makes the t- not only does it make the time go by, but it's actually interesting. It's intriguing. You get to meet people, and you know, it's always nice to be able to make new friends, right? So
1: oh, ex- absolutely, and a lot of people were experienced travelers, so they had tips for us. I mean, it's always fun to share when you know something to be able to share it with somebody else and um, help enhance their vacation. Absolutely. So- it was just very we had a really nice time now. I will say one thing: one of the airlines i won 't mention which one <laughs> American Airlines missed its connection, and we had people who missed the cruise and so oh, they no. were actually flown into Ireland to pick up the cruise from there. So I am going to strongly recommend get in the day before, especially yes. in a trip like this. You do not want to miss your connections, you do not want to miss. The, the ship leaving because it's kind of heartbreaking. One of the passengers that missed it was a young girl who was about 14, 15 years old. And I'm sure she would have enjoyed being with the other two kids in the teen club just to mm-hmm. hang out. And, I think and it's a, missing ahead, that sorry. experience is just, I mean, that's part of the vacation was the transatlantic part.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, i I'm, one of the things, one of the mantras I always have about cruising people, you know, say, what are the important things to do? Definitely get to your, per, your port, that you're going to be departing from at least a day before, if not more, I mean, you know, make a little vacation out of it and go see the sites in the city that you're going out of. But yeah, I mean, the, the last thing that we would ever want to do is miss that cruise. And that's why we always come in at least a day before. So that way, you know, travel delays happen. And unfortunately you can't plan on them. They always occur at the worst possible time. And, you know, in a situation like that, man, I would be heartbroken. I mean, it would be like, it would be, Matt would be crying because yeah. would, you know it's, it's disappointing.
1: Oh, absolutely. That's just a horrible thing to have happen to miss your connection. And when you thought you were in a good place and you,
0: mm-hmm.
1: oh, that was, I felt so bad for some of those people, but it happens. Uh, um, the, between the cruise ship and the airlines, they did make it into Ireland and join the rest of the cruise, but still.
0: Yeah. Uh, remind us what category stateroom were you in?
1: We just had a, a, a window view. We had a, Ocean view. Ocean view. Thank you. I messed it up last time. I'm going to continue to mess that up because normally we get a balcony, but we actually. So what do you think? Well, we actually enjoyed it because we were at the very front of the ship, and my son uh, could sit inside the window and look up and see the overhang where the officers were that were you know navigating the ship. He could watch them walking around up there, so it was fun for him. But it also had the advantage, I heard several complaints, it's too cold to use the balcony, which is why oh. we didn't book a balcony. It really was too cold to go outside, and why pay more for something you can't use? I'm, I admit the views were probably a little bit better with the full-size uh, patio doors, but eh, we didn't miss it at all. That's good.
0: That's good to hear that you, were you, you, uh, I don't want to use the word gambled, but you, you bet on the fact that that was going to be the case, and it sounded like that's exactly what ended up happening. So, wonderful.
1: Yes, and we'd also plan to be on the correct side of the ship, which I cannot remember is the port side or not, but we were on the side of the port for every place we pulled in, so we had lovely views of the the scenery of whatever port we were in. Oh, cool.
0: What about the, we mentioned briefly, you mentioned Rita's, uh, what other dining did you do in the on, on board the ship, and what, what was your, you know, give us kind of your 30-second your review of each one.
1: <laughs> well, Rita's was fun to discover because we were, Basically, the only people that showed up in there, uh, but we were eating about two or three o'clock in the afternoon. We just we would go out into on excursion and then we would, you know, come back after lunch was basically over. And so going into Rita's and having a nice meal was, and comfort food for our Mexican tastes was great. We also ate at Chops, which we weren't planning to eat at, and um, lovely meal. But chef's table is what I want to talk about. That chef's table is something wonderful. We actually booked it for our anniversary, and there was 14 people all together around the table. And everything that was made was really just elegant food. I mean, very foodie food. It was beautiful. And they had wine pairings with everything, which means... Matt, by the time I got to the main course, I couldn't really care about the main course. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and you're doing it right, it sounds
1: yeah, like. Yeah, it was quite, uh, quite an adventure. <laughs> but everybody on the table, it almost hit everybody at the same time. And it's like, what a delightful table we have here. We were all just... <laughs> having a great time and you
0: guys are great yeah we're
1: all buddy buddies after that i mean but the nice thing on being on a cruise ship is you can crawl back to your room afterwards if you need to i think the funniest thing was we brought back dessert with us and some petty fours that they had laid out because the food was so elegant and so pretty we couldn't leave anything behind and our son saw us and says did you guys have something to drink and it's like um yeah, we did. <laughs> <laughs> we did, sorry. He thought we were hilarious and we were like, Oh goodness. Oh well. It's time for him to learn anyways. We um he well he had a surprise when we got to Ireland. They just gave him a Guinness, so he had his first stout. He didn't like him. it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's a good way got- to start.
1: Yeah, he tried it, but he wasn't impressed. And when we were in France, he uh, was just given wine. Nobody even asked if he wanted it or not. They just gave it to him. And he tried it, and he was not impressed. But he, we did get the good photo ops out of it, so it worked uh, out pretty
0: well. Good. Wow. What I've learned is that you don't need a balcony cabin for a transatlantic, and they just give away alcohol to anybody in Europe, evidently. They just hand it out uh, like, you know, <laughs> like bread.
1: Right. If you're big enough to sit on a stool— in a bar they'll serve you so yeah parents of 13 12 11 year olds beware so it was quite funny and and of course nobody even batted an eye it's like okay all right That's fine funny.
0: so with the remaining time we have here let's you went to a lot of different ports what are your top three ports and what did you do there that that raised it to your top three essentially
1: well we went to Barney castle in 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 Ireland it's Cove but it's spelled C-O-B-H and we were very fortunate because it was rainy. Nobody was there and we were able to get up there and kiss that Blarney stone. It was marvelous. <laughs> <We> really, nice. <laughs> we, nothing beats not having to wait two and a half hours to go kiss a stone, I tell you. But it was just visually pretty out there. And then another place that we went to in um, Cherbourg was we went to a couple of uh, Normandy castles that were just Dunning. We didn't actually tour inside the castles. It was the grounds we went around. But it was such a nice contrast to having been in Paris the day before. Mm. We loved Paris, but it was raining. <laughs> and, uh,
0: <laughs> we want to go back. a trend developing.
1: Yes, yes. It was just raining everywhere we went. But um, when we went to Brussels, we went to the chocolate factory, and we we spent over a hundred euros on chocolate and it was just fun going from place to place to place and buying up little bits of chocolates here and there. One of the things that we did because we wanted to, is we bought chocolates for our wait staff and we bought chocolates for our room attendant and his partner. And I tell you what, you never saw such happy people getting just simple chocolates. It's uh, The uh, head waiter told me he'd never received a present before from anybody. And
0: Wow, that's so wonderful. Really, what a thoughtful gift.
1: Well, I was really – I was touched because he was touched. So it was um, – yeah. I think we're going to start a new tradition of picking up something in every cruise for our, our staff and just to give them a little treat. It doesn't have to be anything really special, but they seem to really enjoy that. So wonderful. why not?
0: And you have uh, so that, that was two ports, right? Ireland, Scherberg. Ireland,
1: Cherbourg, and Brussels, well, uh, Bruges, Brussels. Belgium. Sorry, we didn't go to we didn't go to Brussels. I would have gone, but we didn't go. We <laughs> <It> didn't go. <laughs> but okay. I would like I'd like to point out though, going to Paris was two and a half hour bus ride in both directions. So wow. something to remember: not every place you go to is at the port, and. In Paris, we, we had a lovely time. We got to do many things. But on our way back to our bus, the pigeons pooped on us. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, yeah. it, well. yes, we were told we were very lucky for that to happen. I'm glad we had some wet wipes with us. And I strongly recommend it because other people got pooped on too. That if you do go to Paris, bring wet wipes with you just in <laughs> just case. In case. Yes, I like
0: it. All right, yeah, that's awesome.
1: So, yeah, just one of those little
0: things. (laughs) Hey, that's what—that's you'll never forget that trip to Paris, right?
1: No, no, and and when we go back, we're going to be a little bit more careful about where we walk under trees. We We have learned our lesson well.
0: So, before I let you go, Beth the you know, usually like when it's your first time on the podcast, like last time, we asked you a bunch of questions about, you know, get to know you a little bit better. So now that we already know the information, I don't think much has changed in in the couple of weeks since we talked to you. Let me ask you this. Do you, what is your next Royal Caribbean cruise that you have booked if you had if you do have one?
1: Well I have two booked. Isn't that terrible? We have one That's wonderful uh, <laughs> <laughs> You passed the test. Thank you. We actually booked our second one on this ship. We had booked the previous one on our last cruise, but we're we're leaving out of um uh, San Juan in Puerto Rico, and thanks to you, we know that we are not leaving out of the same port that we have visited in the past. So That's I want right. to thank you for bringing that up because otherwise we wouldn't have known. And we booked an Alaskan cruise for n- next August. So, so San um,
0: Juan is on uh, Jules' the seas?
1: Fact, um, adventure. Of the or adventure. Seas. Okay. It, it was so bad on this ship. People said, "Well, what are you going to do next?" And we're like, "Oh, we're going on a ship." Puerto Rico where are you going don't know what's the ship name don't remember don't know. <laughs> we just some know people we're going. might say
0: yep some people might say that's you have a problem I think that's wonderful you <laughs> just book stuff and it's like you know what say lovey. let's just go with it, so. when it, when it
1: when it comes to the Caribbean we, we know our way around we just go to we go to the ship basically but yep. we're taking the Explorer to go see uh, Alaska and it's going to be our third time on the Explorer so we pretty well know that ship too, <laughs> so absolutely. I wonderful. was surprised well, to see that it was going up into Alaska.
0: Yeah, that's it's and it's a hot hit. I'll tell you, a lot of people are really interested to be able to combine a large ship like Explorer of the Seas and cruise to Alaska. So it sounds like you've got something really nice planned there. And Beth, uh, you know, I got to say, wonderful review, good information all around. Thank you for joining us.
1: Well, thank you, Matt. I'm happy to ha- be back on the show. Thank you.
0: Once again, it's time to answer your emails. And again, my favorite part of this podcast is reading them and being able to talk Royal Ecriban with all of you, and we have our first email this week. It's from Jared from Boston, Massachusetts. Alright, time at I hope you enjoyed your recent cruise on Quantum of the Seas. We returned from a seven-night cruise on the Freedom of the Seas. We had cruised on Oasis of the Seas last year and were hesitant about sailing on a smaller ship, although it's funny to call Freedom Smaller. However, we were very excited given the recent enhancements to Freedom of the Seas. After seeing the first hand, it's hard to sail on anything but the Oasis class. The enhancements were nice, but honestly, not all that visible, with the obvious exception of the addition of support. Wait lunch is a bore, and there really isn't much more than say that what's already been said. Simply fantastic. Lunch was a nice option that we didn't realize existed. It was only available on C days, but the cost of fifteen dollars as opposed to twenty five dollars for dinner. Not a huge savings, but it's nice to have that option as well. Also, our three kids ate for free, which was a nice touch. We also had our first foray into specialty dining at Chops. Again, fantastic. One of the best eggs I've ever had, and a great value for the cover charge. The shows were uh, nothing special, but overall, we were very happy with the freedom. The best port call, without question, was Grand Cayman. I wonder why the Oasis-class ships don't make this stop on Western itineraries. I'll interrupt you real quick. The reason why they don't is the ships have to be at a dock. They're too big to do tenders, essentially. So that's why the Oasis-class in general is fairly limited in terms of the ports they can go to. And only recently now they're going to Europe because before that, many of the ports in Europe require tenders, and the Oasis class just simply can't do that. Plus, they're way too large to fit into a lot of these ports. So, but that's why you're not—they don't go to Grand Cayman. They'll probably end up going. Usually, the Oasis class in the Caribbean goes to Falmouth in um, Jamaica. So, answer that question for you. Anyway, back to Jared's email. We couldn't help ourselves and made an appointment with Next Cruise and booked an Eastern Caribbean itinerary on the Oasis class for March 2016. We took advantage of all the Bogo savings, including the ultimate drink package, and reserved a family balcony room. We are very much looking forward to our next cruise in approximately 300 days, but who's counting? (laughs) This leads me to my question. In reviewing the deck plans for the Oasis of the Seas, I noticed the main dining rooms have been removed and in place with Silk, The Grand, and American Icon Grill. As of now, I know dynamic dining isn't in place, so I wonder if we would be assigned to one of these kinds of main dining rooms. By the time we cruise, dynamic dining will probably be in place, but I was just wondering if you had any insight on that. Keep up the great work on the podcast. P.S. More cruises to the Caribbean from Boston, or really, any cruise from Boston that doesn't go north. (laughs) that. Jerry, thank you for the email. Love it. Good good stuff all around. I'm glad that you had a good time on Freedom. And, you know, it's interesting. We've been talking in the last couple of weeks here in the email sections of the podcast about, you know, the difference between Oasis and, and, and Freedom class and kind of, you know, determining if you do Oasis, can you do anything else? Let it be at Freedom or any other class. And, you know, I think you... Kind of touched upon in the sense that you said you still had a great time. I don't think you would write back to us, Jared, and say, "No, I I would not." If I go back in time, I would have canceled the cruise. Do you prefer the Oasis class? Sounds like you absolutely do. There's nothing wrong with that. It sounds like that's just your your style of cruising, and that's what and clearly that's what you booked to go back on. It makes perfect sense. And obviously, with the newer Oasis class ships that are being built and coming online, you'll have some more choices in the coming years. But it sounds like you know. Again, my point is that you, you had a good time. You would, would you prefer to stay on the Oasis? Absolutely. But you still had a good time on Freedom. It's just a different kind of experience. And and that's really the takeaway I get from it. On to your question here about the dining room. So this is a common one I get, usually about Oasis or Allure. That's the same thing. They've both been refurbished, and they both have their main dining rooms pre-converted, if you will, for dynamic dining, meaning the main dining room has been changed to the to dining rooms that are going to be ready for dynamic dining, like you mentioned there, Silk, the Grand, and American and Grill. So essentially what they're doing is until that actually happens, a little switchover actually happens, they're still just treating it like the main dining room. It may have a different decor to it, but it's essentially just the main dining room, same experience, what have you. So depending on, you mentioned you're going on, I'm looking at it here, March, I think March 2016. We're not sure. I mean, officially the word has always been that dynamic dining will be applied by the end of the year, end of 2015. So theoretically, you'll have dynamic dining. And I say theoretically because there's been still yet no indication when that'll change. So you're going to have to stay tuned to, uh, of course, royalcaribbeanblog.com. We'll have any information that comes out about the change, about when that'll happen and and when that... Of course, I'm in the same boat, no pun intended, as you are. We booked, of course, the Royal Caribbean Blog group cruise on Allure of the Seas in February 2016. And... When we booked it, I was surprised because they booked us into the traditional dining. I was thinking to myself, well, I thought we were be so dynamic by that point. But regardless, they're still planning traditional until further notice. So hopefully that answers your question there. Jared, thank you so much for the email. Next, we have an email from Brian who writes, hi, Matt. Thanks for the podcast. It's informative, interesting, and always fun. Great work. We have two cruises planned, a four-day sailing on the Majesty of the Seas in August 2015 and a seven-day cruise on Freedom of the Seas in August 2016. Looking forward to both. The Majesty's trip worked out since we are taking our in-laws who live in Florida, don't want a long cruise, and have never visited Key West, so this sounds perfect. That noted, it's the oldest ship and never mentioned in your podcast. How would you recommend we maximize the experience since this ship doesn't have the bells and whistles of the newer ships? Thanks again. It's a good question, Brian. So, Majesty of the Seas is a Sovereign-class ship. It's actually scheduled to be retired shortly thereafter your cruise. It's, uh, it's going to be transferred out of the fleet, so its time here is limited. And being the last of the Sovereign-class, yeah, it's been kind of under my radar, essentially. I mean, I have I have not sailed on a Sovereign-class ship, and because I don't know why, honestly. Actually, when they first announced that they were going to retire it, I... I Asked my wife if we could go on like the last sailing just to be able to say we've been on it. She wasn't all that thrilled about going on. It, honestly, the the thing with it is you're right. There's just no bells and whistles. It's it's an older ship. It hasn't gotten nearly any of the upgrades that all the other ships have. In fact, even before they announced that the fact that it was going to be out of the fleet, when they Royal Caribbean was first starting the roller revitalization program, and Majesty of the Seas was not part of the refurbishment. So it still likely has those. <laughs> old uh, CRT, the the round TVs, not the flat screens, you know, and it hasn't gotten any upgrades. out. What it is, is still a really fun ship to go on to get you from point A to point B to point C. I mean, it's going to bring you to Key West. You're going to have a great time. It's got a pool deck. You know, it's got the dining experience. It's just a no frills. I don't want to say no frills. That's not really the case. It's not like it's a Spartan ship or anything. It's just a different kind of experience and something that, you know, if someone were to ask me, hey, Matt, you know, know, should I go on, on Majesty of the Seas? I would say, well, if you're if you're a veteran Royal Caribbean cruiser, if you've been on your fair share of cruises, then it's fine to go on because it'll just be something different. I'm not sure I would recommend it to a first time cruiser as uh, something to, to try out, but certainly you're probably going you're going on the four nighter. I'm going to probably guess, and I think rightfully so, that you're probably not paying a heck of a lot for it. Usually, the fares for Majesty of the Seas are quite inexpensive, and you know your in laws obviously don't have to fly there, so. You've got a lot going for that in that regard, and it's it's a vacation, right? And and you what a lot of people will say is, hey, A, a cruise is better than no cruise, which is better. You know, I'd rather be on A cruise than be at work regardless of the ship or even fleet for that matter. So it's still going to be a fun experience. I just think you have to kind of have your expectations in line in terms of the fact you're not going to have all the special dining experiences. You're not going to have the crazy you know, onboard experiences in the sense of bumper cars or ice skating rinks or or flow riders, anything of that extent. It's really about just relaxing. And maybe, you know, you take a page out of Beth's report here on Serenade of the Season. You just take it as an opportunity to sit back, sit by the pool, have some nice drinks and just relax and spend time with your folks. And, you know, just just forget all your problems, right? Because that's the kind of experience that I would really go into it. Uh, just if I was on a majesty of the sea's cruise, so, but I'd love to hear about what you thought about it when you get back, Brian, and, and kind of comparing, contrasting, certainly that and your other cruising experiences and, and kind of sharing that. So be sure to email us there and and let us know. Next, we have an email from Elizabeth Ainsworth writes, we just returned from a 12 day cruise with six islands. It was great. Food was outstanding. The cabin guy couldn't have been nicer. It was the Caribbean cruise on Quantum of the Seas, and it was like being in a city with all the shops, restaurants, hot dog stands, ice cream, self-serve. There's just too much to mention, but it was great. Don't forget, there's lots of walking, but with about 20 elevators, they help you get to where you're going. And of course, that's from uh, Tom and Betty. Ainsworth, great email. Thanks for the report. Just simple, and you know, I had a great time on Quantum too. And I agree, it is like a city. I think they really did nail that, especially with the with the Royal Esplanade in terms of that feel. It it, it feels, like I said, more of a city street than say the Royal Promenade's mall type feel to it. Which you know, each has its benefits. But it sounds like you had a great time, and and hopefully you'll be be able to check out maybe one of the other Quantum class shows, perhaps. Anthem of the seas that's coming to the United States and you've also got some of his other sister ships eventually making its way around so thank you for the email uh, Tom and Betty and we've got time for I think one more email and that'll be coming from our friend Stephanie who writes, Hi Matt. First of all, thank you for letting me be part of the podcast. It was really fun for me. Second, I want to ask you a question about the cabanas at Nelly's Beach on Labadee. For our group cruise, um, see, this is why Stephanie gets her emails read because she mentions the, (laughs) we read all the emails but love Stephanie because she always mentions the stuff we're doing. Of course, we're doing the Royal Caribbean Blog group cruise on Allure of the Seas coming up in uh, February 2016. So if you want more details, check it out at royalcaribbeanblog.com. We'll have more details on our show notes here. All right. End the plug. Let's go back to Stephanie's email. For our group cruise, I'm interested in getting a cabana like you got for your quantum cruise. Last year, when I was on Allure, I wanted one, and the second I got off the ship, I went to the excursion desk and tried to book one. When I got there, they said, sorry, so all sold out. So I said to them, how can that be? I'm first in line. They said people have been booking them for the past six months through their travel agents over the phone. So I made a mental note of that, and when I booked the group cruise, I asked the very nice travel agent to MEI to inquire about getting one. I figured, since we're far enough out, it shouldn't be a problem. So he then asked the other agents in his office, and they told him that it has to be done on board. So this, as you can see, is very puzzling to me. I was wondering if you could reach out to Becky, and if she knows the correct answer. She seems to be the cabana guru who <laughs> would be the one to know, let me know if this is possible. So there's two answers. One, yes, Becky is the cabana guru. she That's how she travels. That's how she rolls, essentially. Here's the thing. What you heard from Royal Caribbean was correct, but he probably missed he missed out on one probably important detail. People have been booking you through your travel age for the last six months if they were in a suite the cabanas and Labadee are only available to suite guests first so if you were a suite guest stephanie if you booked a suite right now on on say our group cruise you would have the opportunity to book it through your travel agent and they could book it for you and you'd have it all reserved no problem the thing is because you're not a suite guest what you have to do is what we did on our quantum cruise, which is you go to the desk and they're going to tell you they're all maybe in your case. They were really all sold out. what we what I always tell people to do is ask to be on the wait list. It's different than ask. you can't book it. You can't go to the excursion desk. It's like the book one. They're not going to sell you one more than likely. What's going to happen, though, is they say, hi, uh, I'm interested in a cabana in Labadee. I know I'm not a sweet guest. Is there any way I can put my name on the wait list? And what happens is people cancel people. There are sometimes there's unbooked. Cabanas, but basically, when you get closer to your labadide, day, you'll get a confirmation. They'll start going through the waitlist to fill up those spots, and so that's how you get on the waitlist, and that's how you get a cabana. Theoretically, it could happen. It's not guaranteed, and maybe in the case of that cruise that you were talking about, I'm not sure if they gave you the waitlist option, but someone might have canceled, and maybe it sounds like maybe no one did, and this wouldn't have worked. But it is the you did everything right except you asked, you forgot to ask for the waitlist, not necessarily booking. Different. I know it sounds like it's almost the same thing, but it's not. You just put yourself on the waitlist, and then eventually they'll contact you if there is availability, and then you get on there. I hope this makes sense, Stephanie. If not, please email me, and I'll be happy to explain it <laughs> in more coherent way, as you know I have a way with words sometimes. So uh, Hopefully, that'll help, you. and hopefully that explains it to everybody there. If you're not a sweet guest, you got to put your name on the – you go to the short excursion desk, just like Stephanie did. First thing, and you ask to put on the waitlist. That is how you theoretically can snag a cabana at Labadee if you're not a sweet guest. There you go. All right. Very good. And of course, I want to hear from you as well. we've got lots of great emails to read here, and we're going to get to all of them. I love reading them. And of course, if you've got one, please, please, please email me, Matt, M A T T, at Royal Caribbean Blog.com. I also want to remind all of our listeners about our upcoming live show. That's right. We're doing a live broadcast to celebrate our 100th podcast episode. So I'm really excited about this. I thought, you know, we did a live show last year, episode 52. And you can, of course, listen to that one if you want to hear what it was kind of about. But I was looking for an opportunity to do another one. And with the 100th episode coming up, I said, you know what? This is a great idea. Let's do it then. So this will be a Wednesday, July 1st at 8 p.m. Eastern time. I want as many of you to be able to join us as possible. We're going to be all a topic. But honestly, it's all about you guys. And we'll have some call. And there'll be a phone number for you to call. We'll talk roller Caribbean together. It'll be a great time. I'll have some lava doozies made up. <laughs> it'll, it'll it'll be a great experience. I'm really looking forward to this. And I hope as many of you can join us as possible. So that's Wednesday, July 1st, 8 p.m. Eastern time. Looking forward to talking Royal Caribbean with you on there. So until next time, I'm Matt Hotchberg and we'll talk again soon.